Is it apparent how much better we sound? It, when we listened back, it sounded a lot better, huh? Yeah, definitely. Guys, we got a we we took a little bit of time off, um, because I've been waiting. Had to get our bag We up have a whole new setup. We were just originally sharing one tiny condenser microphone, bending over the same table and talking directly into it the entire time. That's why our podcast always sounded like shit. But now we got a whole desk. I bought two microphones. Guys, we're coming in brand new. We're like a new man, are we not? Well, I'd be a new woman. No, I, th- I don't think so. Not today. You got anything to say about that? No. So I thought. Well, guys, like I said, I if you had listened to our last episode, which, by the way, no one listened to it, probably because the audio quality was so bad. Luckily, that won't be a problem anymore. But for those who did... um. We mentioned that our next episode is going to be Jerry Brudos, and if you can read the title, uh, maybe you can't. Maybe you clicked on this and you can't read the title. You're like listening, and not you can't reading. Read, yeah, you can't read anything, and you're just like looking for around for podcasts and clicking on whichever one looks cool. They're here to listen, not to read. That's how it happens. Yeah, that's why people like audiobooks. Yeah. That's the same people listen to podcasts as the same people like audiobooks, right? I don't know, because audiobooks could be weird if they have a weird, like, announcer. A weird na- announcer? You mean narrator? Sorry, narrator. <laughs> weird announcer. Yeah, if they have a weird narrator, it kind of kills the whole vibe, especially. It, I think it kills the vibe when there's like a, they get, like, a celebrity guest narrator on. I think if that's like kind of weird. it's, like, Morgan Freeman, that's okay, but, like, well, if that's... it's somebody like Fergie, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I just don't know about that. That's who you think of as Fergie? Why not, right? She's not I, doing anything. Better. I guess. I don't know. She's pretty. She's Fergalicious. How can you not like her? I, you don't want her to read you a bedtime story. I love her, but since the national anthem shit, she has me fucked up a hundred percent. You didn't know she peed her pants on stage, did you? I think I told you that, and you were like, "What?" Like you were confused. I feel like that would happen to me too. Like if I ever did get on stage, you piss your pants by accident because like i'm sure they don't really allow bathroom breaks for her i mean yeah when you're in the middle of performing you can't just be like all right one sec guys let me go take a piss she probably has like a catheter the whole show that way she could like just piss into a bag and nobody noticed i'm i'm thinking of clearly nigh went all over her leg not in that stage. show. They didn't yeah, get not. her prepped correctly yeah but after that it's like she always has a catheter trust me I wonder how bathroom breaks do work if you are a performer like that and you have to like piss. I, Can you just walk off stage? You're and go probably piss? getting it all out before, right? I mean, but if like I don't know if you're up there drinking, like you know, some people drink and perform. Yeah, you'd have to piss every five seconds. That's true. Right? Yeah, every time I drink, I gotta pee a lot. So the only real thing that I could see is like a tube connecting from your pants into her pee hole. Into her pee. Is that how catheter works? It goes up your urethra? Yeah, you would know more. Do you have to put in catheters in nursing? Do you uh, do that? We have to clean around them. You don't put them in? I think that's invasive procedure. You, I feel like a lot of it is almost invasive, though. Like, it's pretty personal. Not invasive, but it's very personal. We have to learn how to, like, clean around it. And, like, but like we, we never put one in. We're like never. Wiping so- an ass is, like, just as invasive as putting in a catheter. Not really. If there's any, like, chance of us fucking it up, I don't think they're going to have us do it, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. 
Those Maybe are... do you think like RNs can do that? Because you're just a CNA, but RN is the next. Oh, definitely. LVNs could probably do it too. Is oh, is that the, in between? The, yeah, that's the next in between. Everyone's step. very interested in all this talk. They came. Sorry, here. that's boring. <laughs> my bad. No, it's my fault. I started asking you all these questions because I'm interested in it. It's interesting. I th- I, th- I think medical science is cool. Medical everything medical. Uh, since I was a kid, I've like really liked medical science in general. So. Well, I th- I know we mentioned on our torture episode that we would eventually do an episode on like cruel medical science, which actually, uh, like okay, let me let me backtrack and finish what I was saying, guys. I just set up this whole new um like this whole new setup. I don't know what else. The guys just set up this new setup, and uh, I'm really excited. So I'm a little like I was like, let's record, let's record. I got right into it, and I'm already hopped up. As soon as he figured out it sounded good, he was ready. Oh, you don't even know. That was enough for him. Yeah, I, I am sick and tired of editing all these shitty sounding podcasts that no one will listen to. They, I'm sure anyone that that's, has stuck around with us is like on the verge of quitting because of how bad it sounds. Not anymore, but... I don't know. For a minute there, we were getting a bunch of new people, right? Yeah, I think it's about people that stay, though. Not people True. that listen once and then don't come back. But anyways, like I was saying, let me backtrack... Uh, today's episode is on Jerry Brudos, and uh, let me just give our schedule for the month. The next four weeks coming up, we have Jerry Brudos Part 1 and Jerry Brudos Part 2. This is going to be a two-parter, and I actually did split it down the middle this time. I do know when I'm going to stop. Um, and uh, then we have Annalise McKell, which is probably going to be a one-parter, but I have to finish writing it, so it could end up turning into a two-parter, but if it's not, our fourth show of the month is going to be units. Oh no, we agreed on a UFO one. We said we're going to do a UFO. Well, it's up to you because you seem like you've done a lot of research for Unit Seven Thirty One. Yeah, I'm just really interested in it. It's it's cruel medical science. It's about people. The Japanese I, I during World about War Two, before World War Two, I think, uh, like doing cruel, awful torture experiments on the Chinese. And even like Russians and uh, and uh, U- uh, U.S. military. Were they like trying to create new diseases or? They actually infected a town with the Black Plague. The bubonic plague. The bubonic plague, yeah. The, it, it's very interesting. When was the last case of that actually being apparent? Because like, does anyone still get the plague? I have a memory of someone in the United States getting a case of the plague recently like within the last 10 years and it was just like a one-off case you know i'm gonna look that up real quick yeah y'all be safe out here quick note y'all should get re-upped on your vaccinations if you haven't um i was i mean i got my flu vaccinations this year and i haven't been sick once i don't think so so you can get it but it's just curable it's so it's not as deadly as it used to be so if you if you get the plague, you could just walk into the doctor, say, I have the plague, and I they won't guess, look at you twice? I guess so, but it's also it's not considered a plague right now. It, it, it was considered a plague back then, so I don't think you would call it the plague. It's probably called something else. Uh, I don't know. But So you walk in, and you're like, I think I have the bubonic plague. <laughs> yeah. How do you say that seriously without looking like an idiot is my question. Like, if I'm that? ever faced with this problem where I have it, the biggest issue is going to be not looking stupid in public when you say you have the plague, you know? I, yeah, that's, I don't know how that happens. Um, but yeah, you, now, do you know anything really about Jerry Brudos? His name, maybe, 
all right, his nick his two like names that he's known by, uh, you know how like the Nightcaller or Night Stalker, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Nightcaller is the other one we covered, the Australian guy, Ed- Eric Edgar Cook. Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. Anyways, off topic. Uh, he's known as the uh, the lust killer and the shoe fetish killer. Do you know about him? Is this also Dan Schneider you're talking about? <laughs> you know what? If we're actually across the table. Let me turn this laptop around and show you a picture of Dan Schneider and him back to back. Do they look the same? Pretty similar? I could see it. Okay, so yeah, they, they're a little similar. I think it's more just in the the sense that they're both kind of big. Do they both have dark hair and like, I mean, what matters Here's is. Jerry, okay, there's two pictures of Jerry Brudos that are popular. And in bo- in one of them, he has hair, a beard, and a mustache. And in the other one, he's older and he's completely bald and even fatter. So he looks a lot different in both of these. I'll show you pictures of him real quick. Yeah, they look the same, kind of. But I think it really is more just their weight, not to be fattest. What really matters, what really matters is that they both have weird foot fetish things and... No, 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 no. That's the thing. He doesn't have a foot fetish. He has a shoe fetish. It's it's completely it's separate. It's weirder. It's totally weird. Why shoes? Well, we'll get into the it. The smell. It's 100% the smell. But if anything, that'd be the feet. You could just sniff a foot. It's the same thing. It's not the same for him. Uh, well, we'll we'll get it. You'll see why. Um, but So you don't know anything about him, though? No. You know about Dan Schneider, though. Yeah. yeah, you're well you're well versed in Dan Schneider. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I just say uh, we uh, before we get into this, we start smoking real quick. Our strain of the week, our strain this week is um, it's by a brand called Mary. I don't know if it's called Mary Mary, or if it's just Mary. But there's there's two Marys on the bag. Do you see it? But yeah. it's like reversed. I don't know. It's either called Mary or Mary Mary, and the strain is Sour Patch Kiss. It's an indoor-grown sativa, and it is testing in at 30%, 30.36. Let's, uh, I already ground some up. Let's give her a sniff. It smells nice. It smells fruity. I was just going to say it smells kind of sour, like citrusy sour. I, it's, it's called Sour Patch Kiss, so, I mean, hey. There's something. It, t- it like, smells really good. I think it's going to taste even better. Yeah, this is one. Sometimes we've already smoked the bud before we, back, we review it on the... Uh, the uh, I almost said the stream on the podcast, but this one we actually haven't smoked at all. I just opened it while we were doing the intro. All right, we got our big bong, which we named Bertha last episode. Big Bertha's in the house. Let's pack her up. All right, well, like I said, Sour Patch Kiss by Mary Mary. I did find out it is Mary Mary because on the back it says at Mary Mary on Instagram. At Mary Mary.us if you want to check out the brand on Instagram. And at CCAC Podcast on Instagram if you want to check out our Instagram. All right, yeah, bowl's packed. Smells good. Let's see how it tastes and how high we get. Well, that tasted really good. Yeah. After it was you, really smooth. Did it taste good before or after you coughed like 30 times and I just had to cut it out? Um, Before and after. <laughs> Both? Yeah. Well, that's good. That means it's really good if it was at before and after. It was really smooth. I was expecting it to, like, choke slam me, but it didn't. So I was pretty satisfied by that. I think the part I just cut out proves you wrong, and it did choke slam the shit out of you. Oh. Well, that's only because I took a way bigger hit than I was expecting to. Yeah, I have to agree. That was really, really good, actually. 
Um, I think we talked about this before where a lot of weed tastes the same, but I could taste the, the fruitiness, almost like a tartness in it. So yeah, that was, it stood out from other strains you reviewed for sure. Sour, was it Sour Patch Kiss? Yep. Sour Patch Kiss. Sativa. All Day Use by Mary Mary. Oh, I love that. It's a sativa. Mm-hmm. We haven't, this is only the second sativa we've done out of like 17 episodes, 16 episodes, 15 episodes. I can't count. I think I'm the only one that likes sativa here. I love sativa. But you always on get On the pen indica. I'm smoking sativa. On the bud I'm smoking indica. I like that bud indica where you're just like. <sighs> but sativa bud, that shit hits you like a, like a truck train. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's like a rocket up the ass and I'm not a big fan. I do get like this weird creep of like a high yeah. sometimes and it does like fuck with me. But um, it's pretty fun. At the end of the day. All right, guys. Well, maybe you did come here for the weed, but I'm sure most of you came for the Jerry Bruto story, and we will be getting into that right now. Um, so Jer- Jerry Brudos, but his birth name is Jerome Henry Brudos, uh, who is more widely known today as either the Shoe Fetish Slayer or the Lust Killer, was born on January 31st, 1939. Is he an Aquarius or a Capricorn? The 31st of January? Let me check. I think he'd be an Aquarius. All the Zodiac hoes, let me know. Am I wrong? Happy birthday, Aquarius. That's the first thing that it said when I looked up <laughs> what it was. It just said, happy birthday, Aquarius. I had no idea because I know Jasmine's, she's a Capricorn, but. Jasmine's her sister, by the way, for, for context. We've mentioned this before, mm-hmm. but in case you're new. Uh, like I said, January 31st, 1939. So this is a while ago. Uh, not that long ago, though, to be fair. Uh, he lived with his parents, Eileen and Henry Brudos, so his middle name's uh, named after his father, in Webster, South Dakota, and he lived on a farm. He was the youngest of two sons, having an older brother, Larry Brudos. And I'm sure, as most people like expect, and I'm sure you expected, his childhood is filled with abuse, especially from his mother, which also is pretty typical. Usually it is the mother, You I know feel what's like. crazy? Sometimes it's really... Like a mother's abuse that'll fuck you up the worst. It's crazy. Like a lot of people, I feel like it's really common that a lot of people have issues with their father. But like. Something with the mother. It's rare when mothers for real are pieces of shit. Well, In serial killers, I feel like it is usually the mother. In my opinion. I can name a bunch. Uh, Charles Manson, Bundy, John Wayne no, not Gacy, sorry. Uh, Ma, Ed Kemper. Ted, Ted Bundy loved his mom, but she was like she was, a sister to him, pretty much. Well, I think... In his eyes. I think the when I think Ted Bundy, I'm thinking more of the fact that he was raised thinking it was his sister. And that's got to fuck you up when you... That's like deceit. You're but living... like, he's so close you with You're living your, the, that whole life up to that point, not li- really knowing who you are. And that's got to be some sort of disassociative... Something, and that happens multiple times in serial killers. It's true. I didn't think about that. Like, Really? That's the way I think about it. Well, you I, didn't living about how the wi- I didn't think about how the wires could get crossed like that, where it's like, oh, wow, you know, she's my sister. Like, this is actually my mom, and, like, now I have some type of identity yeah. issue. I didn't think about that. Um, but, yeah, like I said, uh, his, his mostly the brunt of the abuse was from his mother, Eileen. And she was disappointed in Jerry because after she had Larry, she wanted a girl. 
and she was stuck with another son. So gender disappointment taken too happens far. Happens a lot. Charles Manson, like I just mentioned, uh, Henry I, Lee Lucas. How could you be disappointed? It's a healthy child. Well, people are weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because of this, his mother ultimately had a lot of hatred for him and uh, subjected him to a lot of emotional and even physical abuse. So in 1944, when Brudos was five years old, uh, when he was now living in Portland, Oregon, so he went from South Dakota to Portland, Oregon, and this is going to be a theme. He's going to move around a lot, at least in his childhood. A good change of pace never hurt anyone. Not at all, but it's too change much. It's too much. I think that also does, it helps with not being able to build a real relationship. That's true, yeah. No social life. Um, so five years old, now living in Portland, Oregon, he was playing alone in a junkyard when he found a pair of stiletto high-heeled shoes. And this is the earliest account and likely the start of Jerry's deadly shoe fetish. Not foot fetish, like I was saying, shoes specifically. When he was caught wearing the shoes after he took, took them home by his mother, he was called wicked, that's a quote, and the shoes were burned. And his obsession with women's shoes would only grow and grow from here on. I think her problem was not really letting the kid express himself. Like, if he wants to wear high heels, so what? I just think she's petty towards him. Like, for what reason, you know? Because she wanted a girl, and it happens. People are like that. This is a different day. This is a different day and age, though. So we we have to realize not many people are going to be as accepting, you know? That's true. This is a very homophobic era. I think it's it's probably stemming from his own, like, suppressed... Now, he's, now, now, I don't think he's gay. I don't think he's gay. I just, you, we'll talk about it. He wanted to wear him for a reason. Now, um, so before going into the first grade, he moved again to Riverton, California. So three, not only moving again, but to three different states, not just in the same state. He's moving states over and over. And during first grade, he was caught stealing his teacher's shoes. And the teacher reportedly had two pairs of shoes she brought to school for some reason. So Jerry hid the second pair from her while she wasn't looking. But a student caught him and ratted on him. What a fucking Imagine snitch. you're the teacher and you brought your spare pair of jogging shoes for after school when you go on your three o'clock run and some weird little fuckhead in the first grade is caught, not by you, by another student, <laughs> stealing and possibly sniffing your shoes. Like, that's weird. Um, so yeah. I'd feel scared for my life. Like, maybe he's tracking me now. That's a first grader. I wouldn't think like that. But I would he's just be like, He's obviously psychotic. Like, he's obvious. Fuck? Why do you need the shoes, my boy? He just likes ha- he, like, he, likes it. he collects them. We'll get into it. Um, but, um, yeah, the teacher got mad, and Jerry left the room. Apparently, he was visibly embarrassed. Should be. And um, now, Jerry failed the second grade. And during this time, when, when he was aged seven to eight, he was diagnosed with measles, swollen glands, and laryngitis. And he had to get several different operations Jesus. to fight against the fungal infections. And after this, whether it was unrelated to these uh, operations or not, he had started to complain about headaches and blurry vision. I'm going to say that, yeah, it's it, 100%. When you go through medical trauma like that, you're going to have some issues afterwards, too. Like, you're going to be... Pretty anxious, pretty terrified, pretty on edge. Yeah, and angry. We we talked about Eric Edgar Cook. I mentioned this earlier. The guy from Australia, Australia, Australia. He, he was called the Night the Caller accent. before uh-huh. the Night Stalker, like twenty years before. He had surgeries. Remember, he had a cleft lip and palate. Remember that guy, and he had surgeries that ended up leaving him worse. And this was around the same time. Like he, he was born 
in the 30s, just like Brutus was. So the medical, that was in Australia, but the medical science back then, like with certain things, wasn't as advanced as it is now. And they could have fucked something up very easily. The way they treated it, they probably just gave him coke and sent him home, you know? <laughs> Cocaine? Yeah. I, th- I-, I thought you meant a sodi pop used- at first. Bro, they were using that shit like like it was amoxicillin. Oh yeah, they were. Um, so yeah, that might have been related to, or not. I would guess yes. That's why I put that in there. Um, the school recommended glasses, but when he went to the doctor, they said he didn't need glasses, and he didn't get them, and the headaches just kept on coming. Um, so now, again, he moved back to Oregon, living in both Grants Pass and moving again to another place in Oregon called Wallace Pond, um, during the ages between 8 and 12. So, I mean, like I said, he's moved, he's already moved like six times since he's 12. That gives what, you two what years What is the max. reason? What is the reason? I don't know. I, let me, let me. Military? I, I'm not sure, honestly, but, uh, this is just the timeline that I found. So while he was in Grant's Pass, um, he would sneak into his neighbors, which were teenage girls, uh, houses while they were, ha- while he would hang out with their brothers. So he would be like a. Like, you want to hang out to their brothers, and then while he was hanging out with the brother in their house, he would look through and steal their clothes, including their shoes, and over time, he also developed an underwear thing. Um, that, that That's more common than shoes. You probably... Okay. To me, yeah, the underwear thing makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I get that. I never got it. In some weird, it, strange way, yes. I get it. I, I, would ne- okay. I don't get it, but... I, I would never do it, but to each his own. Yeah. But how do you explain when I found all my dirty stinky moldy thick gooey underwear under your pillow last night just like piles of them (laughs) she i wish there was a video podcast talking to me (laughs) honey baby girl i would never take your panties Uh uh-huh anyways not your drawers (laughs) so yeah he would look through and steal their shoes and their underwear and uh in 1952 when Jerry was th- 13 and his brother Larry was 16, uh, Larry had drawn pictures of naked women and hid them from his mom. Uh, and sh- Larry knew she would be upset if the mom found them. That's why he hid them. And one day, Jerry found a locked box in Larry's room. And I'm sure you guessed what was inside. It was all my sticky, gooey, thick, smelly, moldy underwear. And Larry was hiding it from me the whole time. And then he put it under your pillow last night to frame you like the tooth fairy. He did that. Yes. Also in the box. Why he's behind yeah, bars. Also in the box. Not Larry. Also in the box. Um, in the Larry, Larry's locked box was the drawings. And wh- as Jerry found Larry's drawings, his mother caught him. And Jerry just without any hesitation it said it was his. Of course, that did not go well with his mother. He was scolded, called a naughty little boy, you know, all the above. We've all been there. Every name in the book. So that was 13. Now, at around age 16, this is when Jerry is starting to go through puberty. And, you know, it's kind of hard. Like, you can have a fetish, but tying it with something sexual is hard before you go through puberty, right? Because you don't even really have those sexual hormones like you do but they're not fully developed so his shoe fetish was more of a fascination with shoes but in my mind before puberty i don't think it was fully sexual in yet like i think it was but he didn't even realize that it was 
and what you know once you hit puberty you like all that's going through your head and you're starting to get that in your head and there's things to like back that up we're going to get into after he starts going through puberty it starts turning into more to, to more like sexual violence which is why i think that so it's hard to say because i think some things through childhood could be um even in your head at that point construed as sexual or could be like some type of fascination you have i mean and then once you hit puberty it definitely gets much much worse from that point like something you thought was totally you know not that big of a deal has now become something that you think about constantly because you're going through puberty you have all these weird thoughts you have all these weird hormones you've been a naughty boy jerry little 16 year old jerry naughty naughty with the experience that like he has had so far it it's not totally off to think that he would definitely resort to sexual violence after that tying with the like shoe thing because you know when your mom's smacking you on the dick saying you can't wear high heels now you're you're Makes gonna you want to wear high heels even more now and get your dick smacked even harder so. yeah and you start associating these things the dick smacking the dick sucking the clap socking all of it the butt fucking the pegging <laughs> all <of> the above <laughs> anyways i took in my pen and not get coughing. the ass eating <coughs> all of it this is mother we can't be joking around like this jessica Anyways, uh, the dick licking. So, at like I said, he starts to go through puberty around age 16. And his mother is, you know, she knows what's going to happen. He's going to become a little horny boy. So, she's starting to crack down more and more on it. So, he's, she starts getting more and more disgusted with him at any little sign of sexuality. So, between both him and Larry. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anything sexual in manner is looked at as completely wrong to Eileen. And I'll be honest, I've been through kind of this same thing, and well, you know so that. so how do you think we all got here? But that's the thing is, you I, know what I'm saying. I think I, I kind of had the same. Oh, oops, sorry, I just hit the mic. Uh, I I had the same thing growing up, and I've told you this. Where maybe not, definitely not as extreme as this. I wasn't beaten over it, but it was looked at as bad. So, and some people will take that as they'll just submit and be like, okay, it's bad. Or if you're a little shit like Jerry Brudos, you'll go out and start doing shit that we're about to talk about. So, yeah, anyways, uh, at this time, you know, around 16, starting to go through puberty, it, his fantasies are getting a lot more extreme. He's starting to have a recurring fantasy of uh, capturing a girl and forcing her to obey him. And this is still around 16, so... That's a pretty, like, 180 flip right there. Catching a girl and forcing her to obey your every rule? Basically, let's take a, a little... Sounds like marriage. personal slave. Sounds like marriage. <laughs> so, uh, at this age as well, he moves again to Corvallis, Oregon. And um, he goes to... Oh, sorry, not he goes. Larry goes to Oregon State University to study for electronics and at this time, while in Corvallis, which is actually going to be a very important spot for the story, Jerry just continues to escalate his addiction to stealing underwears, shoes. He even starts taking underwear that's drawing on clotheslines in women's um, fucking, like, yards. And he even starts breaking into women's houses while they're sleeping to steal their shoes and underwear. And that's another escalation. You could say maybe he was breaking into the girls' rooms when he was pretending to hang out with their brothers to get to the rooms, you know what I mean? But now he's waiting till they're sleeping, 
and actually fully breaking in. And that's a big escalation to me. It's I, to- I think it's crazy nobody noticed that he was ever taking their clothes. Like all of a sudden your favorite pair of underwear gone, your favorite shirt. I think pants, the underwear gone. is harder to realize than the shoes. And he's also just stealing underwear and shoes from what I know. It's not like he's stealing like shirts, pants, overalls. And your shoes? Like if you only have one pair of shoes, you're fucked. Like, but also, you're, you're gonna not, notice. But then you're not thinking, who is gonna think? Oh, someone broke into my house in the middle. Well, you gotta if do you, at that point. It's process of elimination. If, if no, if you okay, if I lost my shoes, right? If I only had one pair of shoes, and I came up to you and I said, Jessica, I think someone broke into our house last night and did absolutely nothing. Well, because he didn't do anything. If it's the brother, it's like somebody new has been coming around the house and now all my shit's missing. That, so, okay, no, I'm talking about. How did they not notice? No, that yeah, that, that's different. I'm talking about the breaking and entering because he didn't, wouldn't do anything but break in and take the shoes. Yeah, that and does maybe sound stare crazy. at the girls a little bit. Breaking and entering when you say, hey, someone broke into my house and stole my underwear. That's kind of fucking nuts. Like, but and did nothing else but that. Like that's that's creepier. You would, I would sound crazy to you, wouldn't I? Especially this. Well, is I would in turn the... around and tell you, I have your shoes, Chris. I stole them. <laughs> I'm keeping them. They're mine. You know. Yep. Truth comes out. I do collect your shoes, <laughs> never your underwear. That shit's got tracks. Okay, so I did talk about this story on a few past episodes ago. I mentioned this story. I said, you want to hear a funny story about a guy that's coming up? And I talked about this, but we're going to go a little Here's more in depth. a funny story? It's not funny. It's actually very sad. So but why would you deceive It's me? a little funny. It's comical. You laughed last time, so you'll probably laugh this time. Um, so in the summer of 1955, while still 16, Jerry would escalate his fetishes very far. He broke into uh, a home and stole the underwear of an 18-year-old girl. Then, the day after that, he went back to the girl's house, knocked on the front door, posing as an undercover police officer. When she answered, he told her that he was an undercover police officer and he was trying to catch a local thief stealing panties. So Jerry asked the girl if she could come over to his house while no one was there to talk about the case in private. Wow. The girl never believed anything Jerry was saying, but she went along with it because, you know, he's a 16-year-old little chubby kid coming to your door like you're not really thinking this is a threat especially when you're not you don't know a lot like these stories aren't common back then like at least like you don't hear about them as much you know what i mean as you do now Mm. she's just thinking okay this kid's just fucking with me this kid like i'm saying 16 years old imagine someone comes up to you hey we're trying to catch a fucking underwear killer underwear thief not a killer he hasn't uh, killed uh, anyone uh, oh sorry sorry he's not a killer yet we're trying, ma'am. We're trying to catch an underwear thief. Can I come to your house? No, no, no. Can you come to my house oh, while no one is there? Can you come over to my house? By the way, I'm 16 and I'm an undercover police officer. And he barely has like chin hair and no armpit hair. And it's Probably like, who not. are you? Who are you? Oh my god. Who are you fooling? <laughs> so, anyways, see, what, like that's what I'm saying. It's kind of comical. Anyways, so when this, yeah. is, this is where it starts to take a turn, though. So when the girl gets to his house. Um, she is called upstairs, and when she enters, it's an empty room. And uh, once she was in that room, Jerry pops out of the closet in a mask with a knife in his hand and forced the girl to strip naked while Jerry took multiple Polaroids of her before running out of the house. Just like, so like, literally, probably this happened within like a minute. Like, pops out, hey, fucking knife, strip, strip your fucking clothes off. 
and then takes pictures and then just sprints out of the house. Well, he's 16, right? Yes. So at this time, how's he going to get a hold of any porn? His mom's going to find mm-hmm. the magazines. Yeah. There's no internet. You're going to break in and you're going to pop some Polaroids of a naked, scared bitch. That's That seems like his only solution, right? To can't, a very troubled mind, yes. Can't blame the guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so when after he ran out, the girl followed him downstairs and he wasn't there. But Jerry comes running back inside the house without the mask as the undercover cop again, saying that the masked intruder had come inside, attacked him, and locked him in the barn outside, and he had just happened to escape as soon as the guy left. Well, thanks, detective. You solved the Scooby-Doo mystery. (laughs) So, despite knowing everything Jerry was saying was not true, she did not report it out of fear of Jerry retaliating. What in the fuck? I mean, I get... At least get him for the false police shit. Like, I I mean, oh my god. This is ridiculous. It was a Mrs. Doubtfire scene. For fuck's sakes. He recreated Mrs. Doubtfire. It is a little bit like Mrs. Doubtfire, is it? isn't it? I didn't even think about that. It is like that one scene... In Mrs. Doubtfire. Wait, isn't there a scene where yes. he has to keep coming back yes. out? And forth? This is <laughs> that fucking scene. Like, what is going on here? That's fucking great, man. Where is his mother? If she has oh such a tight God. lock on him, why the fuck is he running the streets playing detective? And, <laughs> I mean, I don't get it. Do you know where your kid's at? Oh, God. Yeah, see, it's like, it's funny. You see what I mean by it's funny, but it's not? Like, like she it's... has no control but all control. Like, how do you obtain both at the same time? So the next year, when he was 17, he took his acts against women even further. So when he was 1956, he convinced a 17-year-old peer of his to get a ride home from him, I believe maybe at school. And when she was in the car, he took her to a deserted farmhouse, and he beat her, like, really fucking bad. And he probably would have kept going if a couple hadn't drove past and stopped to see what was happening. And Jerry told him that the girl had fallen out of the car, and he was trying to help her. Now, they're not stupid. They clearly doubted the story, so he changed it, saying that he had seen someone attacking her, and he stopped to help. Now, when you change it like that, like, it's instant. Okay, he's lying. So that second story, even if it is as stupid as it is, you can't do that. You can't just fucking swap your story. How are you going to go from one extreme to the next? To say she fell out of the car, okay, yeah, that's a stupid lie. Now to say... That she was attacked? I mean, yeah, she was attacked. We know by who, because you're a fucking liar, you know? Now, if he, if that couple hadn't stopped, who knows if she would have died. probably would have been dead, That yeah. could have been his first victim. It really could have. But maybe not. Maybe he, he would have ended up stopping. And regardless, I probably don't think she would have told anyone, he, just like the first girl. Does he ever rape an individual? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, so, he probably would have raped her, honestly. Um, That's what I was thinking this was going to lead to, was... Probably would have. He beat the shit out of her and raped her in this fucking barn, you know, but thank God he didn't. Now, luckily, this time, there were the vic- the witnesses, you know, and they're not scared to report like the victim is. No. So, he was arrested for this. He was charged with assault and battery, and during searches... Uh, photos of women, a bunch of underwear and shoes, and camera equipment were all found in his car and in his house. During this time, he was committed to the Oregon State Hospital for evaluation, and his original diagnosis was 
this is a direct quote, an adjustment reaction of adolescence with sexual deviation and fetishism and depression. <laughs> so. Yeah, not only is he a weird sexual fiend, he's also depressed. He's also depressed. So we got that to look out for. Anyways, while he was hospitalized here, he started to attend a North Salem High School in Dallas, Oregon. So he's, you know, moved again. I mean, he's in jail, mm. but still constantly moving around. And uh, that he attended this school during only the daytime. He also received a new diagnosis of, diagnosis of borderline schizophrenic. But to be fair, at the time, this was really common. You know, schizophrenia was not as understood as it is now. You could you could say or do anything and people would be like, you're schizophrenic. You could be gay and they'd think you're schizophrenic oh, in that uh, age. Per- exactly. So. Luckily, he was arrested, but sadly, he was let out after only eight to nine months after being deemed not a danger to society. How, I'm sorry. How was he not a danger after he beat the shit out of that woman, lied about it, breaking into people's houses? Like, how is he not a danger? Yeah, like, in that first story, like, maybe it's a little goofy. Like you said, fucking Mrs. Doubtfire-y. But it's serious. It's, and it's, it's, it's not just, a joke. It's an actual reflection of his inner self. And it, it really is the turning point for him. It is the biggest escalation un- un- until he starts killing, which we'll get into in part one. We'll get into his first victim before we end uh, part one. So after being released when he was 18, he went back to Corvallis, uh, which I believe is in Oregon, like I said earlier. Yes, uh, Corvallis, Oregon, and graduated high school with a GPA in the bottom 30% of his class. Now, this, is, this isn't to say he was dumb. He, it is. He was very smart with electronics, and that's going to be a little important. From ages 18 to 20, he attempted to go to college at OSU and also Salem Technical Vocational School, but after consistently bad attendance, he eventually gave up. And after giving up, he decided to try his luck in the army, which is also very common in serial killers. You see that a lot. Yeah, nobody kills like the army. If you ever want to know how to kill somebody and get away with it. I think we were just talking about this, weren't we? Yeah, because I I, I don't know what the figures are statistically, but a good amount of people that are in jail are veterans. And most of those people, about 20%, went in for killing someone. Yep. Either it's a PTSD scare killing or it is just the complete desensitization of human life. And in all cases, you see this, oh, it it was self-defense. It's never self-defense. You know how to play the court. You know how the legal system goes. So you're going to try it. He completed his basic training in Fort Gordon, Georgia, and then was stationed at Fort Ord, California. He was granted the rank E2, and now this is a direct quote from Google because I wanted to be more specific about that, what that was. So this is a direct quote. The E2 rank denotes a private that is either in training or on her first assignment. Most soldiers don't spend long as an E2, though. Typically, an E2 gets promoted to a private first class or E3 rank after no more than one year. So that's what that is. According to Jerry, during this time, he started to have dreams of a Korean woman coming into his bunk and seducing him. And he said that he would fight her off and he would get like really frustrated that no one else could see this woman that he was like having to just fight off constantly. Uh, so very weird. Maybe actually schizophrenia, budding, I don't know. Very weird. And uh, because of these little dreams or visions or whatever you want to call them, he went to the army chaplain who referred him to the army psychiatrist, Captain Theodore J. Barry, 
who discharged him for bizarre obsessions. I think it is pretty bizarre, all of his obsessions. All of his obsessions actually are very bizarre. Yes. Except Um, the underwear one. The underwear, it is bizarre, but it is so common, though. So it's a foot fetish, but a shoe fetish isn't as common. Yeah. And what he will start to do soon is not as common either, of course. After being discharged at 21 during the fall of 1960, Jerry moved back to Corvallis with his family, but he had to live... He lived in his brother Larry's room, but once Larry came back, he was um he was moved out to the shed, and he made sure to cover all the windows and keep it perfectly dark inside there. And in the shed, he kept his stash of all his found underwear, his shoes, and other trophies from victims. He ended up getting his FCC license and started a job at a Corvallis radio station doing engineer work. And during the same time, while running errands one night, a young girl was walking alone, and Jerry, yeah, she caught Jerry's eye, so he, de- he decided to follow her home. And once at a good spot, he strangled her until she was unconscious and just stole her shoes, then took them back home, and he said he slept with the shoes in order to feel more powerful. And this is not a one-time thing. He would do this multiple times. He's charging his chakras. He, he's really gearing up. He is. You haven't seen him at full power yet. Yeah, and he's uh, keeping all these shoes as trophies, like I said, in his shed. Now, to me, he—he's—he's. He's, it says he strangled her until she was unconscious. Did he think she was dead? Like, was he trying to kill her? I think he probably did have the intent to kill her. I like. I don't didn't know because really know. maybe she's unconscious, but like, is it easy to tell she's alive? Like, can you visibly see breathing? Is she making any kind of noise? Like, it's. I think that would be... You could still see them breathing. But So then would he know she was alive? Because if he wanted to kill her, he could have kept going. So would was he just trying to knock it her out? It probably happened so fast, and he probably was just thinking, oh my god, she's probably dead, let me take her shoes. Yeah, not that it's any less worse. Uh, I mean, these women have to live with this trauma of being randomly attacked for your shoes, <laughs> like, for the rest of their lives. Well, now I have a new fear, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, in January of 1962, Jerry met Darcy Metzler through the job at the radio station. Darcy at the time was 17 years old, and Jerry was 22. And, you know, at that, that time, then that's a lot more normal. That's, a, that, that's like a huge five-year gap that you could probably avoid. B- back then, it's a lot more normal. Um, the two of them began to go on dates, and since Darcy's father didn't approve of Jerry, this just made her want to get together with him even more. I mean, we were talking about this, kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. And within within bef- less than two months, they were married. And later that year, their daughter, Megan, was born. And now Darcy is going to be very important in this story, uh, especially later on during the trial. Uh, so throughout that year, again, they keep moving throughout the West Coast. Uh, and this, actually, I have a reason. It's due to Jerry not being able to hold a consistent job. The couple from the outside was seen as happy and loving, and Jerry was known to not drink, smoke, and he barely, like, even swore. So, like, he's seen as, like, this kind of straight-edge guy, maybe a little weird, but, you know. Um, but throughout the marriage, though, Jerry's fetishes got only just worse and worse. Uh, Jerry would make sure that the couple had to do almost everything completely naked inside the house. Jerry would also make Dar- uh, Darcy take a bunch of different kind of pornographic photos, and they started to they started off kind of normal, right? Like that's not the weirdest thing for a husband and Definitely wife. Definitely not. But 
it started off just like, you know, her in some high heels in like a black dress or something. I don't know if that's exactly it. It's just like what I'm like picturing, right? Like with the shoes specifically, because that's his big point. So I do know there's always something with the shoes in there. And um, completely but, nude except for shoes. Yeah. But then it would start to get really weird, like a lot more graphic and just she, over time she got less and less comfortable with it. Also, anytime Darcy did any work around the home, Jerry made sure she did it naked except for high heels. So also having to do your fucking work in high heels, but also completely bug ass naked. What the fuck? So once Megan, the daughter, uh, got to be a toddler, Darcy made sure to have Jerry stop having them being consistently naked in the house. And thank God. Right. I mean. I think he would be really weird if he continued to push it. Imagine growing up like that. I mean, no, because that's also nudists. Nudists do that. So, like, why? I mean, that's not weird, right? Yeah, but I think it's more growing your kid up like that. I don't know. Some I, people grow up It's nudist. weird to me. I, do, I, I, I think know. nudism is a little weird, too. But, you know, not weird, but. Some people I, take I, it weird. It's taboo. I don't think it's weird. I, I, think, I think some people... I don't know. I think it could be taken a little far, but I'm not going to get into it today. How is it taken far? The naked body is just a naked body. No, but like at work, I didn't even tell you this. There was a nudist group at my work and there were like kids around. And this is... I, I work in a very popular place. You can't be doing that. That's what I mean. Well, now there's communities for people who would... But that's what I'm saying. Taking it far is they're they're not keeping it in their community. Yeah, 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 yeah. Distracted. This isn't about nudism. Since, like, Megan was born and up until 1967, there really, like, wasn't any big moments that happened. But in 1967, just one year before Jerry's killing spree, the three of them settled down, moving again to Portland, Oregon, where Jerry got a job as an electrician. A pretty good job. And like I said, he was smart with that stuff. And in that same year, Darcy got pregnant again with a boy. And when it came time to give birth, Darcy refused to allow Jerry in the room. Now, I could not find a reason for this anywhere. And I really wanted to know why. So I tried to avoid doing this, but I went back and scrolled through a uh, some podcasts to see if they could f- uh, have a reason. And on last podcast on the left... Uh, this is um, Marcus. Apparently, Darcy didn't think it was proper to see him being played with by another man. And Henry also said that apparently, uh, which is something I didn't find as well, is Jerry was very jealous of Darcy. So I think that was the reason. Um, so thank you, last podcast on the left. So that's a little weird, right? Mm. Uh, that's not a good sign that Mm-mm. you can't have your husband in for the birth of your son. That is weird. Very weird. So... Basically, after this happened, the marriage just fell apart completely. And it was basically like they were just two roommates living together. And whether it was not being allowed in that sent him off or whatever, shortly after this, he stalked and followed a woman home and strangled her until she was unconscious. Not killing her, but it was apparently, according to Jerry, at this time that he realized he was a necrophiliac. He wasn't dead, but she was limp. And he realized it when he found himself attracted to the unconscious, limp body of the woman. So, like I said earlier, like we'd get to, he raped the girl, he stole her shoes, and he took them back to his shed. Later in 1967, 
This is another thing that this is something that Jerry claims is the reason he's like what broke the camel's back basically into his killing spree. So in 1967, Jerry suffered a 480 volt electric shock at work and he suffered minor injuries but was not hospitalized. So to me, it sounds like bullshit. I don't think that's what sent him over the edge. I think maybe it was, but like that's not what caused all this, like he wants to say. Um, But, you know, that's all speculation. And that's all I have up until the murders. So we're going to start this and then we're going to end off part one. Do you have anything to say about like his upbringing and leading up to the murders? He's a weirdo. That's it? Just a weirdo? You don't want to put much effort or energy into thinking about this shit because in reality, they're, I, they're I, getting punished for what they got. I don't hopefully. know. To me, I think it's very interesting to think about. I love learning about it and I think it's very interesting to learn about It's interesting to learn about, but I can't, like, get angry because... I I get that. I I see what... Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I did not expect that burp. And I can't can't sympathize either. Like, his upbringing, I can't sympathize. Yeah, there are very few serial killers where I can actually sympathize with their upbringing. Maybe Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, A little bit. For me, I know Henry Lee Lucas has a really fucked up... Uh, upbringing Eileen Warnos as well, really bad. Eileen Warnos for sure. Um, which will cover her. That she's actually on my list and ones I want. Like I have a list of a bunch of ideas, but she's in my list of ones that I'm like trying to basically fast track where I want to get them up soon. She's one of those iconic people, iconic serial killers that everybody knows. Yeah, she's she, yeah, she's definitely one of like those. Like, if you think of, like, the 10 serial killers that, like, most people would be able to, like, know one by name. One of the first she's females one of them, I would say. to, like, actually go on a super spree like this. Yeah, definitely not the first, like some people like to say. No, but. no, I, one of the first, for sure, because there's shit that dates back all the way. Yeah, that's the thing, is it goes back, it's not like the world started in fucking, like, 100 years ago. It's been, go- like, there's a lot of time for women serial killers to take place, and she's definitely not the first. But in a time where it was mostly men, she stepped out and did her thing. Yeah, we'll get, in, get into her eventually. But for now, let's get into the first, Jerry Brudos' first murder, which took place on January 26th, 1968. Only five days before his birthday. Maybe it was a little early present for him. Now, this took place when 19-year-old Linda Slauson was selling encyclopedias door-to-door and now she was not going for Jerry. She had an appointment with someone else, at least I'm pretty sure, but Jerry waved her down to his door. Uh, from what I remember, it might have been raining outside, so it was a little hard to see, but I could be totally wrong about that. That's Don't count me on that. So he convinced her to come down to his basement as to not disturb his mother and kids, which, by the way, his mother and kids were actually in the house at this time. And when she was down there, he hit her on the back of the head with a two-by-four and then strangled her to death while she was down on the ground. So Jerry stripped the body naked and took some of her clothes to bring back to his shed. And then he had some of his other clothes from other victims of his crimes that he put on her. Does does that make sense? Yeah. He's like basically mix and matching the body. Like a poly pocket. Basically. Disgusting. Like a toy. Like 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 a mannequin almost. Yeah, he's dehumanized women altogether. We're actually going to get into something really mannequin like in a second. So, uh, like I said, he put clothes on her. Then he cut her left foot off and put it inside a freezer, and then put a high heel on it. 
and he wanted to like showcase the heel. So he cut off the foot to make like like a like what you would see in a store, like a little display to show the high heel that he stole from someone else. So that's pretty fucking crazy and disgusting to me. That's super depraved. I mean the 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 dis disassociation or not dissociation i mean maybe that too but dehumanization that yeah i was gonna say that the desensitizing of human life but that all as well dehumanization not seeing them as people seeing them as objects yeah i don't know if this is a women thing for him because he did target women but i don't know if he just saw all humans like this i mean you know pretty common now um he cut the foot off put it inside a high heel and put it in a freezer then he put the rest of the body under the staircase that led to the basement. And uh, he had his... Uh, okay, I saw two things. I saw that it was Darcy and the kids in the house. And I saw that it was his mom and the kids in the house. Whatever, Whoever it was, he, had, he gave them some money and told them to take the kids and go get some lunch or something. And when they left, he took her body to the Willamette River... And he faked having a flat tire. He jacked up his car to make it not suspicious that he was stopped on the side of the road. He threw it over the bridge into the river. When the cutoff foot started to decompose, he, like later on down the road, he also took it back to the same river. And both the foot and Linda Slauson's rest of her body have never been found. After the first killing, Jerry moved his family to Salem, Oregon. Again, this is going to be where the rest of his killings take place. And in his new house, there's a nice big garage, which he would turn into his killing workshop. And from now on, the sexual fantasies in the house would start to show themselves again, but in really weird ways. One time, Jerry came out in full women's clothing and lingerie and just kind of stood there for a bit and said nothing to Darcy and then just walked away. And his kids were probably in the room too. They wanted to see if he looked nice, like Spongebob coming out. So... I don't know. You really think that on the inside, I mean, maybe he's not gay, sure, but maybe he has a gender issue. Yeah, because his mother wanted a girl. Since birth. I'm sure that has a fucking huge thing to do with it. Not necessarily a transgender thing, but like a dysmorphia thing. An Um, identity crisis. Yes. Um, So that is where we're going to leave off, and we're going to pick back up. On November 26, 1968. So only um, exactly 11 months later is when his second killing took place. Um, And we're going to get into that as soon as we start part two next Wednesday. Um, So what do you think so far? Interesting, huh? Uh, To me, it's very interesting. One of the more interesting serial killers. I think it is like an identity thing morphed into like a really weird narcissistic thing. Mm -hmm, For sure. It's like both at the same time. It's very weird. Yeah, no, I like I completely agree, hundred percent. The narcissism thing, I think, is super common b- between serial killers. I-, I think also a lot of it comes out with the dehumanization, like we we're talking about, where you just you're human to yourself more than anyone else is. So you just have this kind of immediate sense of aboveness, I guess, betterness in my like. That's the way I kind of see it. Does that make sense? Like, no one else is human to you, so they're just immediately below you. I don't know about that. That's kind of weird. I don't know about... I'm not saying necessarily with him. I'm saying with serial killers in general and just the dehumanization of people as a whole. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah, very interesting. Um, 
I and it's just gonna get worse and weirder from here. And uh, only two parts. Uh, this is just one half. Second half, we'll get into his last three murders. He has four victims. He also has a bunch of a series of close calls and attacks in between that we'll get into. But only three more murders, and then we'll get into his trial and uh, maybe some shit with Darcy and how she maybe wasn't so oblivious to it all. We'll get into it all. Well, uh, she's next the closest week. person to him right now. Yeah, we'll get into it next week for sure. But very interesting stuff so, so far. Um, yeah, one of the short killers where, yes, he had an abusive childhood, but like I said, I, it's hard for me to find sympathy for this fuckhead. Like, I can find it in some of them, but not him. Like, you grow up, you tell your mom to fuck off, that's it. Grow up, tell your mom to fuck off, and then you live your life peacefully who you want to be, you know? You don't have to carry it the rest of your life like that. That's a lot. That's too much for a person. No wonder he snapped, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we just uh, we'll start doing the outro and head out of here because, yeah, we're already running over an hour. So I'd say we're doing pretty good. Um, all right. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. I, like I said in the beginning of the episode, really, really happy and really excited with the new quality of the podcast. It's just, it's, it's becoming something a little more professional. We, you know, we got the mixer, got the two microphones instead of using the same one shitty cheap, like $20 microphone, like just leaning into it. Like, oh, it's so bad. And being afraid to make any noise at all because it's going to be a huge hassle. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, really excited, guys. I hope uh, this makes it a little bit better to listen to. I'm sure it makes it a lot better to listen to. Um, makes me a lot more excited to record it. So, you know, uh, and this last Wednesday when, when I didn't, po- I didn't post a lazy Sunday this week or a Wednesday episode. It was just because I've been waiting for all this equipment to come. I didn't, I didn't feel like recording an episode that I, cause I was very happy with this Jerry Brudos outline and I didn't, I think it's a very interesting story. I didn't want to butcher it with the shitty mic quality and I just had to wait for all this stuff to come. It'd be a real waste and a real shame because you are putting in a lot of work, effort, research, editing skills. Oh, yeah. This has been going on for weeks. Uh, uh, and the Annalise McKell one, I'm like, I'm starting to actually pick up and read books. I did it a little bit with the Jerry Brudos one and I'm doing it mainly. I'm reading a book for the Annalise McKell. So I'm starting to pull a lot more effort into the research. So I'm, I put, you know, a bunch of money into the setup. Uh, I just really want to put more effort into it and make it enjoyable for all the people at home. I think the more thorough I do with the research and the better sounding the quality, uh, it's just all going to increase the enjoyment of the listeners. And it's just, it would to me. And the enjoyment of making it. You know, the enjoyment of actually, like, looking forward to it. Yeah, we get to actually sit comfortably across a table from each other. We get to actually look at each other while we're talking now. Because we we were sitting side by side staring straight ahead at a wall before. Yeah. It was a very not fun setup. A depressing layout. But Um, it worked But I was very into it. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. And I kind of hate the sound of my voice. I don't like recording stuff. I make music and I don't put my voice in my music unless it's for, like, little sounds. So... Um, you know, I, uh, it took a while, but I started doing it and now I realize how much fun it is. So I'm very, very excited. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for listening. Jerry Budo's part two next Wednesday and lazy Sunday, number four this Sunday. Uh, if you're new here, we have a new episode every Wednesday, which will be just a main episode. 
as what I guess I would call them, where it's like the Jerry Brudos or like the Annalise McKell or like something on a whole topic where I do put the research in, all that, maybe maybe multiple parts, maybe not. And then a Lazy Sunday comes out every Sunday, um, and it's just a bunch of little news stories. I don't put as much effort into the research, just kind of reading off news articles of some interesting news stories throughout the week. Um, so you guys can go check out all the back catalog, the archive episodes we have if you'd like, but from now on, the quality is going to be a lot better, so if it's something that you can't handle, don't worry, expect it to be just like this from now on. And, uh, cause if you, if this is your first episode and you go back and listen, it is a fucking big it's a difference. Mess. It's a mess. At least I hope. I'm hoping it is. I only did a couple tests. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I had a great time researching this one and recording it uh it is freezing cold i'll give it that so let's get out of here uh at ccac podcast on instagram uh the is our website where you can find all our episodes all our social media links you can contact us through email there like uh, you can submit little q a questions uh there's a bunch of different things on there go check it out and um yeah new episodes every wednesday and sunday so check check in uh next sunday be a good one we got two weeks worth of stories to talk about so it should be a little bit of a longer one all right uh you you have your pen on you all right let's take a pen rip to close it out oh my god my pen is like about to die but it's still it's (coughs) 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 (cough